Hey everybody and welcome to a bumpin' Wild Ride with Steve-O. We're bumping and grinding and hipping and hopping, just bouncing. I'm telling you, this one's the one. It's juicy. It's 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 dollar signs, man. We are talking money, dude. What's this man earn? Dude, he's candid about the business of no jumper. And he's candid about the business of his wiener, right? I'm telling you, the guy uh, is really, really using his wiener. He's using it well, and I applaud him. We had a wonderful conversation. And let me point out that uh, today, for the first time, someone said, Hey, man, Steve, it looks like you've, you've lost weight. You look really good. And gosh dang darn it, I've been trying my butt off. You know, I feel like taking off my shirt right now. I look so good. And, you know, the secret is, dude, it's all about the diet, man. I'm really reeling in my diet, and I'm not compromising anything about my nutrition because I got my Athletic Greens. It's comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition. In just one pack, man, you get everything that you need. And by everything that you need, I mean maybe more than you even need. We're talking about 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole whole food sourced superfoods, uh, adaptogens, probiotics. This stuff rearranges your body in the best way. It makes your brain work better because it's good for your brain and your thinking you're going to be smarter it it makes your gut health better your digestion it's get it's filling in all the gaps in your diet and let me tell you it's delicious i use it every morning and hey man i'm glowing it just shows. It just shows how well I'm taking care of myself. And I want you to enjoy, those of you who are watching this on YouTube, how good I look. And I want you to also go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo to get five of these comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition packs plus an entire year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D with your first purchase if you go to to athleticgreens.com slash stevo it's a lifestyle it's health it's wellness and you deserve it for yourself so one more time go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo to enjoy this with your first purchase and let's get into it <clears throat> all right we're recording uh, i went orange for the basketball oh nice hell yeah is that Thank a good you. call i like it yeah all right sweet Ladies and gentlemen, Adam 22. Steve O. Yeah, dude. So we've just done the No Jumper podcast. Yes. And uh, I thought that was pretty sweet. I had a good time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We only had like an hour 10, hour 20, so I had to kind of just like skim through a couple of random topics and, you know, right. talk about sobriety, talk about me being a fan in the early days, that kind of stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, I feel like we, we, we got a little bit... Well, what kind of schedule do you keep? Because you have, like, she said there's, like, seven interviews going in and out of here today. Are yeah, you that so, busy? Well, I have other hosts doing a lot of the interviews, you know, and then, like, I have another, like, a, a porn podcast that I do with my girl, so I have to go shoot some episodes of that after this. But, I mean, a lot of times, honestly, I'll have, like, three, four, five interviews in a day just because, like, my schedule's kind of so all over the place that sometimes I'll have to, like, just be like, all right, fucking, I'm doing everything Monday. Right. Like, I'm leaving Tuesday, I'm doing five interviews Monday. Like, I just right. have to hammer it out. And it, it kind of sucks because it's, like, you kind of feel like you can't 
do anything else with your brain during that. Like right. you're just a podcast machine. But I, I can go to the extreme with it and then kind of just have to chill after. It's insane, dude. Like um, yesterday, I went to um, this place, Good Mythical Morning. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's got 17 million subscribers on YouTube. What? It's uh, what? like the biggest, most watched daily show on YouTube. And, and I, I was unaware of it. I, I show no up at idea. their Yeah, I show up at their headquarters. It's like the biggest fucking, like... And then the, the the lady's like, I'm the executive producer. Here's the showrunner. Like this, and I'm like, damn. And they're and they're only a YouTube channel. Wow. Like like what the digital fucking revolution has brought about. It's insane. Yeah. Like uh, like, like my my publicist is making a bigger deal out of this good mythical morning YouTube thing than like some late night. I gotta check that out. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah no, for and, sure. And, and dude, and it was hilarious. Because when like I started, I, it was just like, I want to interview people. I want to like see how how much I can do, how far I can take this, how big of a, you know celebrities I can manage to interview or whatever. And then to see the game change so much that like we have like eight different hosts doing interviews. Dude, and, right. You know, like just the fact that we were able to buy this fucking big ass building that I wish we were in right now so I could be showing you it just to right. do more podcasts. It was pretty crazy. Like I'm, I'm officially at the point in podcasting where everything I'm doing now is stuff that I never could have imagined doing when I started, which is pretty cool. For sure. Um, now, when uh, No Jumper started, like I, I watched, like I, I, I typed in Adam Twenty Two documentary oh. on YouTube to try and try and get get some background on you. I wonder if there's anything good. It's it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> like uh, like like, like there's a some clown, but he's like uh, because of your like, talking about like your dad oh, and, yeah, Bill, okay, and Bill yeah. Clinton. Yeah, and he's like clearly he's a. Uh, like what the, the Freemasons, whatever. Like this, this guy said in this video, he says, everybody knows that every president has always just been a puppet for the Freemasons. <laughs> That's a good example. Like when I started podcasting, I did not know that the end result would be people like making up theories about me being in a secretive society for right. views. Right. That's, that's a twist that I never could have predicted. I mean, and, and, until you've got people like making documentaries trying to tear you down, you you know you haven't made it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone or uh, DJ Academics actually told me years ago. He said, "You're not really famous until you have other famous people publicly hating on you." There you go. And I, that is a pretty big standard because a lot of famous people tend to keep their mouth shut about other famous people that they don't like. You know. So if you get to the point where people are actually shitting on you publicly and they're they have something to lose they're, it's not like, you know, a right. bunch of troll accounts shitting on you. Right. That is a different level of fame. Right. I, as soon as this uh, this video said it was start talking about Freemasons and, and puppets, of, of, I, I, I turned it off immediately no. and, and it, it didn't have any views. Oh. Um, but but one thing I saw. It was talking about um, how No Jumper was started, what, like, 
You didn't start the actual no jumper thing. So I did. I it, there's kind of like a confusion. Basically, there's this like guy who's tried to like take credit for starting it, but the truth is, is that before no jumper was a YouTube channel. I had the URL and it was basically an idea that we were going to start this like rap blog, right? Like we were just going to have articles about rap and stuff like that. And I started it, but there was this dude that I had basically like writing articles for free for the article, for, for the site. Right. And, uh, he did that for like a couple months, maybe like one month. And then he just dipped out and just like stopped responding to me. And so that project was like really, really short lived and it did get, you know, a that was in 2011. That, yeah, 2011 sounds about right. Yeah, so that was like super short lived. Um, but then a couple years later, I hit that dude up. Like, I guess he had hit me up after that, after he went dark on me. And I basically was like, yo, you remember the No Jumper URL? I was thinking of using it for a, a YouTube channel because I want to start interviewing rappers. So I told the dude, and he said, yeah, like, that's cool. You should do that. But then. He probably didn't expect it to get really, really, really big. Oh, so is, this, is that guy giving you Yeah. Grief? Well, then he starts just talking shit because he wants to act as if he was somehow involved in No Jumper blowing up, when in reality, I haven't even spoken to this guy since I started the YouTube channel. Right. But that got kind of like exaggerated where people decided that they wanted to act like that dude had some involvement in my wow. success, when in reality, he was an unpaid intern for a prior business that had the same name but was completely removed from you know it was it's like people just cook up these weird ass theories because the the truth is is to that kid like writing a couple of blog posts for this prior version of no jumper was like a big deal and he right. doesn't want to let that go and it hurts him that right. the new I, no I jumper is a totally different thing i i, I didn't like get a, a sense that there was anything controversial about oh no about it's just it. weird like, because people like think that they, they think like they they read that sentence like i've had a lot of different people say that to me and it's like dude i started this and i was the only person even doing content on this channel for the first couple of years i had a couple of co-hosts here and there and only the last couple of years has we actually brought on other hosts that are actually doing podcasts and stuff it was right. like a one-man operation besides like one employee for a long ass time right and uh so, so now it's like a like a network Kinda, yeah. Like I don't know how it got to that point where we like I always had that idea that I wanted to bring people on, and then there's this dude AD who's a like a rapper and he's from Compton and he I just had known him, thought he seemed like he had a cool personality and stuff, and and right when the coronavirus shit hit, I was just like, bro, like around that time I was like, you should, you know, do some news. We're we're trying to start this news thing, or we're gonna try to do some podcasts or whatever with different hosts. And we just started fucking with him, and the fans started fucking with him, and we just kind of we built that up. And then after that, like a lot more hosts, we just kind of started to figure out how to actually just do consistent content with people that people were feeling. And uh, yeah, at this point now, we're just trying to take it, keep keep going with it. Like I I could almost see us being like a bar stool, but for like hip-hop yeah, culture type thing right. mm -hmm. it's like because i went to barstool recently and i was like oh this is like my shit but probably like 30 times bigger but it's kind of like my shit <laughs> yeah you should have a crib mac host a segment <sighs> we thought about it it's, it's very political out here with that guy yeah. with him yeah just because he's like such a crazy ass gangbanger it's like there's 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 a line between like a gang member somebody who like is in a gang but is not out here just talking crazy shit about everybody else who's another. But Crip Mac is like a different level where he's extremely aggressive and, and you know, it creates a lot of problems with other hosts on the network and stuff. I remember seeing like Snoop Dogg come out with a new 
album and fucking had to, I mean, years ago now, but, but, uh, probably not 10 years ago. And, and he was talking about like blue handkerchief coming out of my back pocket. And you I didn't remember, know there was a crit before that? Yeah, no, I did. I did know there was a crit before that, <laughs> right. but, but I remember thinking that my initial just sort of gut reaction was like, man, Snoop, you've come so far. Like, well, you don't need to be talking about blue handkerchiefs. Like, is that, is that a fair thought? Nah, because I think somebody like Snoop Dogg, like, like gangbanging is whatever you make of it, right? Like, right. It, like you could be a crip and you could be literally like going out and trying to shoot your enemies every day. Or you could be a 40-year-old dude who's like, yeah, I was a crip coming up. Or even like, I know dudes are young guys who are like clearly identified with a certain neighborhood or whatever and it's not some negative thing it's not like they've got to fight people or shoot people or whatever now the reality is is for like most young people that there are a lot of negative consequences that come from it but somebody like snoop i mean even at the super bowl he's throwing up fucking c's at the at the at the super bowl you know like the the version (laughs) of crippin that he's pushing is not a negative one it's it's just love for his community so he's like a a hell's angel that's not the one percent exactly where it's like he he appreciates the culture and he respects it and he he has love for it but it's not like he's endorsing any of the negativity that comes with it you know all right Mm -hmm. that's how i would think of it at least and and then there's six nine (laughs) (laughs) i think you got to be a pretty funny guy for people to start cracking up like that just because somebody said your name and what can I say? Six nine, hilarious. We have a good laugh about him snitching and stuff. But one thing I do not joke about is my rest, man. My night's sleep. I mean, dude. Let me ask you: How disgusting is your mattress? Be honest. And how well are you sleeping? Because I've got the answer, and I've got a great deal for you from HelixSleep.com. Helix will get you a personalized, tailored mattress for you by giving you this sleep quiz. You fill it out, and then they will match you with the perfect mattress. They've got 14 different types of mattress, luxury mattresses, mattress for big and tall, mattress just for kids. And when you order this personalized mattress, it comes straight to your door free of charge. How about that? And on top of that, they give you a 100-night free trial period, meaning that if you don't love your mattress for a full 100 nights, you can send it back for a complete refund. I'm telling you, but there's no way you're going to send it back because you're going to love it because it's going to be the mattress for you. These are the sleep pros and if you go to helixsleep.com slash stevo then they're going to give you up to $200 off of any mattress that you choose plus two free pillows and I'm telling you that they're cruelty free uh, no feathers pillows are my favorite pillows in the whole wide world helixsleep.com baby get yourself a new mattress it's time to just throw away that old disgusting one. It's time to sleep better. And I'm telling you, one more time, go to helixsleep.com slash Stevo for up to $200 off your mattress plus two free pillows shipped straight to your door free of charge and no risk 100 night. Come on, jump on it. Helixsleep.com slash Stevo. Now let's laugh at 6 9
<laughs> yeah. Like, did, did you watch the documentary about Six Nine on Hulu? Yeah, I, I've had the pleasure of watching three Six Nine documentaries because they interviewed me for all three. Oh wow! So I kind of wanted to see all three, and I, I'll be honest with you though documentary making has come so far because they managed to each documentary managed to tell his story in such a different way with using different characters and, and telling all, the story all valid versions of it yeah they're all pretty valid yeah i was actually it, it made me learn a lot about documentary making because i saw all the different routes that they were able to go with that right. subject matter you know you know like my take i only watched the one i believe it was on hulu and it was mm. like daniel hernandez or whatever okay. and um i remember my takeaway being like you know, the only thing that really, uh, I think, kind of made him look bad was just at the very end, like, with his baby mama saying, like, uh, about, like, kind of not being there for the kid. Oh, man, she said crazy shit about him. Like, she said that he beat her and raped her and all this wild-ass oh, wow. shit. Yeah. Which surprisingly kind of went under the radar like didn't really get that much attention because I feel like people had already decided that they thought he was a bad guy and then she came out with like a really fucked up story about all how fucked up he was to her and I felt like people didn't really pay that much attention to it which is I mean she's like a really great person from my perspective too and like yeah I mean he really is kind of like the super villain of rap because he's just kind of burnt everybody along the way it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, like, we were talking on your podcast about people who uh, get caught up in maintaining, like, the appearance of super success and just being flashy with cars and money and, and everything. But then they fall off and they still need to try to maintain this appearance, but it's beyond their means to do so. Mm. you got to believe that that's kind of the boat he's in. 100%. Or like paying taxes. You know, a lot of those people don't pay right. taxes for three, four years. Like on TMZ, this was this has got to be the most uncomfortable look. Like on TMZ, he's, he's uh, trying to reconcile like having like this, like blocks of cash and saying this is millions of dollars this is how i live this is my lifestyle i'm rich i'm yeah. rich i got i got houses on my arms like yeah what's a house 250 uh in florida shit that'll, <laughs> that, that'll get you a lot of the way there right yeah, yeah. half right. of 80 in florida but, but but meanwhile while he's saying this i'm rich this is my lifestyle this is real it, like he's saying to the judge in a lawsuit situation that he's broke and doesn't have any money. Mm. And then he's talking to TMZ with Harvey Levin and saying, look, man, like I'm an entertainer. So it's like, so you're, you're. Well, didn't 50 Cent do that too? He did. 50 Cent was in that same exact situation. But the thing about 6ix9ine is that he will come out and make songs talking shit about other rappers who are actual like real deal gang members who like are, are on some crazy shit that we could not even imagine how much murder and, and bloodshed they've seen both their enemies getting killed and their family getting killed and then meanwhile 6ix9ine will be calling them out trying to provoke them to do something violent and then also meanwhile I mean he is a, a federal witness he is required by law to tell the feds everything that they want to know and he's still he's so addicted to the idea of being perceived as a gangster that he's out here like really trying to pretend that while also having to stay in consistent communication with the FBI. Is that something that, that's an ongoing thing? Yeah yeah I think he has to check in like like and that's why I think people are so people don't want to beef with him. He, he's like look how pussy hip-hop is nobody has killed me 
And then everybody who actually kills people is like, I'm not killing you. You got the fucking the feds in your back pocket. Like any kind of beef that we start with you is going to be reiterated to them. Right. Yeah. He's probably being watched 24 seven. Everything's tapped. I mean, there's got to be like no precedent for like someone who's turned like uh, state's witness or whatever federal informant, and like normally you go into like a witness protection program, but this <laughs> yeah. fucking guy. They yeah. tried to get him to do that, and he didn't even want to have personal security, and that's why like there's a video of him going into a gas station, and he's just buying something. You could tell he's like alone, or like maybe there's a girl in the car, and he's got a bag that he's wearing right here, and he's got his hand in it. Like you could tell he's holding. Holding his gun while he's going in the 7-Eleven to buy a fucking soda and it's like he's got some guy like filming him talking shit in the gas station and it's like that's the reality of his life is that he's got to be ready to fucking he's either got to roll with security all the time or he's got to be ready to shoot somebody at any time right and then like you can't afford security anymore because like no one will fuck with you and you're not making money yeah, that's like one of the great mysteries because I mean, I, I know he can go play shows overseas and stuff and make fuckloads of money, but then I also like, yeah, I'm pretty sure his financial situation is like ridiculously expensive and uh, he has all these legal situations. I don't know. Dude, it's 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 nuts. Um, the fucking, uh, I said, yeah, it's just so fascinating. Um, what, what what was he just put out a, a song recently and it was like pretty good, right? The it didn't do that well. But when he was like riding on the car through New York, like on top of it. Yeah, I mean, it felt like it was kind of attached to like an energy drink somehow. Yeah, he started an energy drink and an NFT collection called Gine. Okay. The NFT collection did pretty good, I think, right? I would really doubt that. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I NFTs are not like having it's, a good reputation. It's not a great days. market right now. And I think especially if you're a rapper pushing an NFT that the fans are even more turned off. Because there was a while there where everybody was trying to get me to do a fucking NFT collection. They're trying to pay me. Like, let me give you 40 grand to say that you're fucking with my NFT. And I'm just like, it took me a while to understand. And then by the time I really fully understood, I was like, I'm glad that I said no to almost all of this. I might I might have posted a couple of them, but I sold one. Really? Like like uh, not like backing anybody else's NFTs. I just created one and put it on a thing. Right. Sold it for what at the time uh, or I sold ETH. it for one ETH, which at the time was like three thousand bucks, mm -hmm. and. So you set up like a, a crypto wallet kind of a thing, right? right. And and uh, the, the password is like a series of words and everything, you know? I write it down on a fucking box. You lost it? Yeah. My, 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 <laughs> my, my editor threw it away. And, and dude, my, 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 I'm like, dude, you fucked me. You threw away my ETH. And he goes, dude, I'll wait until it crashes. I'll pay you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I interviewed a girl who uh, made like hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, farting into jars and selling it <laughs> so she would uh, she would sit around all day drinking protein shakes and then just like farting like just holding these jars to her ass and I think she would put like a I forget if it was a, a cotton ball or something to help like keep the fart smell in the jar and she sold so many of these but she said she made herself sick from all the protein shakes she had to go to the hospital so then she started selling fart jar NFTs right and I guess she made a lot of money selling those all these thirsty ass dudes too and like 
in the interview, she's like, I have get, I've created this custom fart jar NFT for you. And it was like customized. I think it had a 22 on it from, from me or whatever. And then after she just kept hitting me up like, hey, can you like send me your, your crypto wallet, your open seas, whatever, so that I can send you this fart jar NFT. And I, I don't think I ever gave her the information. Yeah. So I, I never redeemed it. So if it does end up being very valuable, which it will not, then I will have missed out. Here's or she the, will owe me. Here's the thing, dude. That fucking NFT was structured such that every time it gets resold, I get 10% mm. of that sale. And I think it's been resold like a fuck ton of times. I think the, that... Uh, it's crazy. I don't you even can't want, get I don't even any want, of it because you're locked out yeah, of the whole ecosystem. I don't even, even <laughs> want to know. And, and part of me thinks like it, it's poetic and, and uh, kind of beautiful that like that that was my one little experience with crypto mm. and like scott loves crypto i think it's the future i think so too i was actually thinking like i want to buy like a couple hundred grand worth of bitcoin right now i mean dude do you ever think about like doing porn in the metaverse right before crypto crashed i had this metaverse company hitting me up trying to pay me a fuckload of money like many millions of dollars to basically do metaverse porn with my girl and other guests or whatever and at first I'm like, you know, this sounds stupid as fuck. And then they like keep stressing. I'm like, all right, you know, if, if this is how much it's going to pay, I will take some days out of my life to film this metaverse. Sure, I'll get a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, but with like little probes all over your body and like a green screen background and all this weird shit that we're going to have to do for the metaverse thing, I think. Right. But then crypto crash and then they just stopped emailing me and I was I was kind of relieved yeah we have a buddy who's uh close by I'm not gonna say his name but because he he has the oculus and I'm like uh, I'm like you ever watch porn on the oculus he's like dude watching porn on the oculus and you get you have like like that dick, dick sucking machine he's like it's the best experience of all time how do I dude. not know about this dick sucking machine yeah like I guess it like just I, I don't know you put it over your dick it's just like it's like a little machine that just fucking I want like a car wash for my dick, like like with little like brushes and like soap and yeah, we could yeah, you could do something like that. Cause I I mean I I haven't been in the porn metaverse, but my friend AD he was saying he went in it, and I was like, how was that? And he goes, it was weird. I had a white dick. He's like he's like looking down at like a, a white dick for the first time in his life in yeah. the metaverse, which I guess he maybe just didn't update the the shade if you can do that, but yeah. That's I mean, crazy, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I, I refuse to, like, jerk off with lube or, like, I, I didn't even, like, watch porn when I would jerk off for the longest time. I would just jerk off to my memories, and now I now I watch porn more often. But... I, I, I had to stop porn, man. Oh, yeah. I dude, I, uh, Mr. Addicted to Everything. Dude, I, <laughs> That's exactly I, right. I, I, haven't, I haven't busted a nut in 130 days. Oh, wow, damn, dude. You're into I, all this shit that these kids like, huh? Mind, dude. I'm into crypto, edging, <laughs> semen yeah. retention. Yeah. That's sick. No, I, I just got into therapy for like like severe intimacy shit, oh, wow. and so they're like, you should abstain, you know, for a certain period of time to like rewire stuff, and then like wow. they have I, I, like sixty days. I'm like, so could I bust a nut again? And they're like, no, because you asked. And I'm like, what? And then I haven't asked, and I'm on like 130 days, and I'm just like, dude, like I, I want to ask, yeah. but then I don't want them to be like, you're not ready because you asked. You haven't had a wet dream. No, I used to have wet dreams before I figured out how to jerk off when I was a kid. I got wow. on my hands and knees like three days ago and prayed for a wet dream. I was like, dude, please just wow. let me some I, kind um, of relief. 
I figured out jacking off way before any goo came out. <laughs> See, I was such a late bloomer. I didn't figure it out until I was like 13 or 14. Oh, yeah? Dude. I, I, like, um, I was like 12 when I first jerked off. Uh, they, we had this shower that like oh like there was like a bathroom that opened up to the backyard in the swimming pool and the shower had uh like a foot faucet to like wash your feet so i i somehow just figured out that if i crawled underneath <laughs> the foot faucet and put my wiener under there like uh that it was rad <laughs> you think you have a bathtub yeah, but but it's tough to to crawl under and and uh, get get your <laughs> wiener under the, under that faucet. This is this was just this somehow worked really well. So I would like be under that fucking thing. You said you jerked off nine times in one day. I definitely fucking climaxed with my wiener under that faucet nine times in one afternoon. Wow. wow. In seventh grade. I've done like five, and I thought that was pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I've only banged five times in a day. I've never even considered masturbating that many times. Yeah. But when I, when I when I masturbate, like the other day, I jerked off twice before I left the house. And to me, like... It felt like I had just smoked a bunch of cigarettes because I don't smoke cigarettes, but like uh -huh. sometimes Depleted. if I do, it means I'm like kind of in a degenerate state. Right. Like the other, like recently, I, could, I only got like two hours sleep and I had a full day of interviews and I fucking bought a pack of cigarettes. So I was just smoking them because wow. it's like somehow that feels right to me when I'm like burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. And that's how I kind of feel about jerking off. Like it's like it's like maintenance in a way because it makes me like chill the fuck out. But then also if you do it too much, it's kind of like it's just Shame. this like weird habitual behavior yeah. of like I'm going to make myself calm down by doing this stupid thing right. to myself over and over. I don't know. Yeah. Right. You just leave the house, your skin's all oily, and you just have shame. And I don't like, even, what am I doing with I my life? I don't oil my dick up, so realistically, I might have some chafing if I were to beat it that many times. Yeah. <laughs> or I could just find some oil. I don't so, know. So you and your girl do porn together? Yeah. Well, how about that for a direct and fast response? He does porn with his girl, and it's crazy to me, man. I know that I never could have done porn, but... Now that I've discovered blue chew tablets, I wonder if that could have changed the game for me. It certainly has changed the game for me in my relationship with my girl Lux. I mean, I've never failed to deliver the dong for Lux. When I chew up my blue chew tablets, which are of course tablets which contain the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except cost only a fraction of the price. When I chew up my tablets, my tongue is blue. When I show my blue tongue to Lux, she screams audibly in excitement because she knows that means I have just declared war on her vagina with my rock hard boner because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a war. When I take my Bluetooth tablets about 30 minutes later, I'm just invincible. And is it fun? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And do you need a prescription? Yeah, but when you go to bluechew.com and consult with their online medical providers, it is so fast, so easy, requires no trip to a doctor's office. You're just up and running and the tablets are in the mail. And get this, if you use the promo code Stevo at bluechew.com, they will give you an entire month's supply of bluechew tablets absolutely for free all you have to pay is five dollars for shipping let that sink in for a moment 
$5 for shipping is all it's going to cost you for an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets. What that means is that an entire month of just unbelievable boners is in store for you if you go to bluechew.com and use the promo code Stevo. You are insane if you have not tried this, so jump on it right now. And one more time, bluechew.com, promo code Stevo. And let's jump into this porn talk. So your, your girl does porn? So she does porn just with me, and uh, she mostly just does the OnlyFans shit, and then we have a show together called Plug Talk, available at onlyplugtalk.com, where basically we interview chicks, and then we bang them together. And that's what I'm doing right after this. Wow, dude. So you're going to bone today. Yes. Do you know who you're going to bone? I do. Uh, can you say the name? It's like Little Quiche. Hmm. Dude, that's yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, so, so, so that's like uh, an open relationship. Well, but not really, because like uh, I, I don't fuck with other girls in my regular life. She doesn't fuck with other guys, but we do stuff with other girls on camera. That's, so besides the content, we have a normal monogamous relationship. Do okay. you have to like in OnlyFans? You have to like like cut next scene, or is it just because it's you're kind of get into the mode? You just keep going. You kind of have that decision to make in general when you're making porn. Is like, do you want to? Do you want to make it all about getting the best possible image where you actually like frame up every single shot like the way they do in a movie and where you're thinking about the lighting and you're thinking about like exactly like making this shot just look as good as possible or the way we tend to do it more is like let's just actually have fun let's make this like closer to us actually just having a threesome and maybe every single shot doesn't look perfect because the cameraman's capturing, you know, one of the girls fucking waddling over to fucking get into a different position or whatever. But we, we, we try to, like, err on the side of it being more real, you know? That makes sense to me. Yeah, how did you start that conversation? Like, what was the... Why did you do it? So, you know Vitaly? Yeah. Vitaly... Did you have him on recently? No, no. but he, he, he was right. on Roman Atwood's podcast. Right, yeah, he's done a bunch recently. So... Vitaly, I've interviewed and stuff, and he. When did you interview Vitaly? Maybe three years ago okay, or something. There you go, but but then... it was right when he started the uncensored site. Right, and right, right. He was right. doing really well for himself, and so his team was talking to us, and he had been trying to convince me like, "You need to do an X-rated pay site." And so... right, but dude, he had like I would see on Twitter people saying, "Dude, Vitaly, I'm trying to." I can't to... cancel subscription. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cancel my <laughs> subscription, and it won't let me. Like it was like. That, that, that also makes me glad that I didn't do that then. Because, <laughs> yeah. okay, so the company's trying to get us to, like, do maybe, like, an X-rated version of the podcast or whatever. And so me and my girl are talking about it with them and everything. And, like, over time, we start to be like, well, why the fuck are we going to give them a big percentage of it when we could do all this shit ourselves? Like, we know how to hire filmers. We know how to promote. We know how to, you know, like, really, we couldn't really think of that much that they were going to be bringing to the table. And they were, pu they were pushing us to go in more of, like, a lighthearted, like, just show the nipples while we're doing the interview thing and i'm like that's cool but realistically i think that there's a direction that this is going that like people pay for porn people pay for podcasts somebody's going to do this eventually me and you both know that we can do it that we're comfortable having the conversations and doing the fucking so why don't we just go for it and so but but my my mentality on it has kind of grown even from there where now i think of plug talk as being this overall like porn media company where i'm trying to just like make a bunch of cool content through it in general like right now we're trying to figure out a, another podcast under our network where it's basically going to be two dudes who interview a chick and then they fucking double team the girl together so it'll be like kind of a different 
spinoff on what me and my girl are doing. So I think that there's probably a bunch of different stuff that we could kind of do in this world. Dude, it's epic. <laughs> I know. I was like, dude, I should put on Pornhub, like, you know, 130-day load and see, like, how many downloads it gets and just see how big the load is. Dude, wow. I thought about your you celibacy, like, the the last time I saw you in, in Waco, and I, I thought to ask you, but I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know. In case it, I slipped and it has been it on a felt, couple it of felt like kind of, It felt like kind of personal. Like I, no, it's know, cool. Like to, I mean, I went on a date last weekend and it was it, it was cool. Like I'm 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 I got to go on like ten dates before I sleep with a chick to like really get to know somebody. That's the is, rule you've given yourself. I mean, uh, I would like three dates, but like you know, I'm in consultation with somebody and they're like you know dating plan, get to know them and <clears throat> maybe go to like six to ten dates before you start engaging sexual because like. My problem is if if I sleep with them on the first night and the sex is really good and there's just all these red flags that I'm ignoring and I'm but the sex is so good I want more then I'm mm. in this fucking like toxic cycle with this person, you know? And it's worse than that because you're you're attracted to the toxic. Yeah. So like that's I know. prefer the toxic. I respect that because looking back on my life there was a bunch of dudes i knew in my life who were very selective about who they would give dick to like they would just they were like good looking guys or guys that girls liked and they just decided like no i'm gonna have girlfriends or when i do fuck a girl randomly it's only gonna be because i really like her or i really think she's super hot or whatever and i went the total opposite way where i was i was like amazon like i'll fuck any we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll sell anything <laughs> i was like well, fuck it i'm doing whatever right. and, and i just wanted the experience i don't know i just wasn't worried right. about fucking some fat girl that i met at the bar like all right i'm just gonna do it you know and when i look back at my life i'm like Clearly, it would have been better for me to be a bit more selective. But like at the end of the day, with with you and your girl, like um, it's not all just sex. Like you guys are like best friends or friends, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like that's important. It's like going hiking together, right? Banging a different chick together. Every, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny though because it's like you are dealing with like the extreme, the negative like side of like being overly sexed, kind of like w with what you're talking about. Whereas like. A lot of times people want to ask me like if I have that kind of relationship with it and I'm like honestly I feel like doing this kind of content has given me a way healthier relationship with sex because it's just totally demystified it where it's like once once banging a bunch of chicks at one time is like your job for the day and it's just kind of the thing that you're showing up and doing that totally just removes this layer of I don't know, like the way sex just seems like this thing that you just want so bad and it's it's so exotic and, and special and fetishized and a lot of that kind of goes away once you get used to doing it as a job. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's cool to see you and Lux are like best friends, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I want that because at the end of the day, the sex is going to, you're not going to be, like there's different things that you're going to want to be attracted to. You want to be attracted to spiritually or emotionally yeah. versus just physically. Yeah. Whereas like my problem is as soon as the, like the physical wears off or like the sexual, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm over it. But if there's other things that are built before that, I think it's just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't get in the relationships for long periods of time and that's mm. part of the problem. Right. Cause as soon as like, uh, this, like I'm over the sex, I'm just like late. Right. It's weird for me too now though because we got a kid and my girl we want to have another kid at least one more but then meanwhile my girl's making all this money on OnlyFans and we're doing all this content together and it's like part of me wants to be like hey 
fuck all this shit. Like, you, you could just chill, keep pumping out babies. I'll make the money. But then, like, this, you know, it's like she's kind of wrapped up with, like, her sense of self is wrapped <clears throat> up in how she looks. And she doesn't want to necessarily just, like, she, she's kind of torn because she's, like, 30. She's like, do I want to do this porn shit for another four years and then have a couple kids? Or do I want to have another kid right now and then get back to doing more content you know it's kind of like it's it's weirder for her whereas for me i could just show up do it right. and it is what it is you know like having babies just puts such a stress on a girl's body right i read somewhere uh that your that your only fans is making a million a month is that uh, accurate or no i think my quote was that in general i make like around a million a month uh, okay yeah so it was like it, it's funny because i feel like every I've, I've never really like said anything about how much money i make and I wanted to say it on this one it was like a business podcast right yeah. and I just wanted to throw that number out there and it's not like we are actually like making that every month or it's like obviously there's a lot of expenses a lot of things that go into shit in general like anybody can tell you that their business <laughs> is not the net amount that they bring in that sure. month or whatever yeah, yeah. And Dude, I, it's, it's shocking how fucking little remains after all the overhead and, and the taxes. taxes and Jesus fucking. Christ, yeah. Welcome to paying 50% in taxes. It's yeah, right. man, it's a, a of, whole thing. There's a lot of girls making money on OnlyFans that weren't making money before. And it's yeah. like, dude, what about all these chicks that are like making a fuckload of money? Like, are they paying taxes? Like, you got yeah. like nobody's telling them to like. Well, you know? hopefully they are because for sure your OnlyFans revenue is being reported very transparently to the government once you transfer it into your bank account. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, the only reason I wanted to say that is because, you know, in my world, the rap world, it's like rappers feel totally fine telling you, hey, I, I made 200000 for playing a show last night or I made 50000 right. for doing a walkthrough or I just dropped this album and I made a million bucks, whatever. And it's like as a media person, you're kind of expected to never do that. And the reality is, is that I kind of like look at the up and coming generation of YouTubers and I want to like inspire them or at least let them know what's possible. So I, I kind of like felt like airing that number out and I just picked that number to just give like a sort of oversimplification. But just because I want these kids who do YouTube videos and shit to know that it's like, yo, if you're <laughs> making five grand a month right now, I mean, there's possibility. Like I was in that position too and I grinded my ass off and built my business into something way crazier, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I heard you guys uh, when I went in there talking about Steve will do it and, you know, getting canceled on YouTube. But mm. his overhead doesn't stop, you know? And so if part of his YouTube, he's not making that much well, money right, anymore. Right. I mean, the, the dynamic with Steve will do it that's so fascinating to me is that here he's throwing around so much money, but that's his shtick you know yeah. that like outside of throwing around so much money like what content is he going to be really putting out so he got kind of like I, I almost think trapped in that lifestyle of throwing around money because that's what sort of you know his career is but so. the thing with him is that he never made any money off YouTube ads so that was never a concern in the first place it's all about merch and then sponsors like primarily the fucking gambling sponsors I think is like a huge percentage of his yeah. income and him not having a YouTube channel really shouldn't totally change that because you still have Instagram TikTok whatever like he could still make the same content he was making and just put it on TikTok and Facebook and stuff obviously that's going to be a compromise because it sucks to lose your 5 million subscribers or whatever but like I really think that if he just like dedicates himself that he'll be able to make it so that him having a YouTube channel doesn't really matter 
but he's going to definitely have to be creative. And yeah, I mean, like I, I've always felt like that watching all these people give away so much money. It's like it is inspiring and it's heartwarming and stuff. But then at the same time, you're like, is this work in the long run to make <clears throat> right. a YouTube video that you make 10 grand on and you're spending 100 grand in the video? Like me, just as like a person who was broke not that long ago, right. I'm just like, I, I, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. Right, mm. me, me too. And um, I think that there's different approaches to it. Like I look at, at David Dobrik and the way that he throws around a lot. I think David Dobrik is highly strategic, mm. you know? And like every time David Dobrik gives away a car, I feel like like it's actually a sponsor giving away the car. I think and more like, often than not, yeah. Yeah, so I just think that David Dobrik is uh, considerably more savvy, mm. and uh, and you know, not to say that. I mean, I just don't know. If Steve will do. It's just a fucking mystery, man. He's so fascinating, and I, I, I love the guy. I've always been worried about him as long as I've known him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just because you have been around long enough, and me to a certain extent too, where you've seen so many people make ten million dollars and then fuck up ten million dollars, so it's right. like, but but younger people they see somebody making a million bucks a month or whatever, and they're like, oh, he's rich and he's gonna be rich forever. Right. We we know how easy it is to fuck that up. I mean, I haven't really done it, but like I've seen other people do it, and I know what it looks like. So I, that's why I'm so thankful that I managed to like grind my ass off through my 20s and early 30s and then only started to see success once I already had like eaten shit so many times (laughs) and had the world just fucking spit in my face so many times so that by the time I finally started getting to it I was cautious you know right and like we were saying on your podcast about just not feeling the need to be uh extravagant in your lifestyle you know like yeah. like just yeah well i look at the island boys and like all their tiktoks are videos of them buying stuff at stores like they're putting out their own videos of just throwing around like 10 grand to buy some shoe or whatever is it that is. what's going dude, what's going on give, give us an island boys update. I, I, I feel like they were <laughs> they're faking buying stuff i feel like they're it's all fake yeah or they'll go to like a rich person's house and film mad tiktoks and make it look like they're in this fancy mansion all day when in reality they you know i don't know where the fuck they stay at but yeah those dudes are they're done we, we we had them on uh on our podcast oh wow i didn't even know that yeah i saw them walk off logan paul's podcast yeah <laughs> yeah that was like sh- uh, shortly thereafter that same podcast where i said the thing about the million dollars that was the same one that got me in trouble with the island boys because he the dude graham stefan was like oh is yeah that, is that uh, their guy graham bensinger no Gra- oh. graham stefan is like a oh, financial graham, yeah, yeah, podcaster yeah, okay, yeah, in I vegas know, i know who he is yeah, yeah he's yeah. a really cool guy and he uh he he was doing the thing where he was like you know the island boys i mean i kind of think that they're like viral geniuses and i was like no they're idiots they're like the dumbest right. motherfuckers i ever met and then they saw it which somehow in my head at that moment i felt like oh i'm a I'm, I'm talking to another white guy. It's like, there's no hip-hop people watching this. I can say whatever I want. I can be totally honest. And then, Well, no, no. right. I mean, yeah, that, I, I, that's, that, it's, it's kind of like saying that Ashley Simpson was uh, a, a genius for all the publicity she got getting caught lip-syncing on Saturday Night Live. Right, yeah. People you know, love like, to, to lay that motive down and be like, oh, look, they were trying to make this happen. People love the idea of conspiracies rather than just acknowledging that like a lot of things are random and if they happen in a specific order then odd results might occur or or things that are beneficial might occur because like i had a dude like basically try to rob me and like stick a gun in my face 
and and everybody thought it was fake because I didn't get shot. And then what do I do afterwards? I go and do Logan Paul's podcast, and I'm on the news, and I get all these positive things happen from it. So people thought I had to have made it up because nothing bad happened from it. And it's like, no, I was just taking advantage of the opportunity. Did you see your life flash before your eyes when that happened? Because you looked and you thought it was... It was like three seconds. So I didn't really have time to think of anything besides like, is this a joke? Like, that's what I thought. Like, is this a Fuck, fucking dude. joke? I thought it might have been one of my friends fucking with me. I heard about that. And then, like, and, and I'm, like, driving to come see him. Like like I said, I was uh, typed in Adam22 documentary. <laughs> you know when you scroll through the YouTube feed, like, yeah. without actually clicking on the video, it'll, like, play it in place? Yeah. I, one, of the, one of the videos did, and, like, the little section of it, the video that played in the feed was you reacting to the guy with the gun on you. Right. And, and I thought to myself, man, like... It's so crazy how the instinct kind of takes over to like put your hand out like that. You know, this like, is not a good fuck? way to stop a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, well, that's what? how you know it's self defense when they're doing like the first 48 because there's bullets through the hand. Like, it's like, fuck. Right, right. It's just like, because really? like, that's your reaction. That like, sense, what defensive yeah. wounds are more like from knives and stuff. But yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's crazy how your instinct is to put your hand up to stop a bullet. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nuts. That I, definitely I, changed a lot. And, and then, and then, and, and seeing that, I thought, man, like, like, how would I respond? Like, I, I gotta believe I would. Like, just anybody would re would react the same way. Like, it's just like, you know, the the natural. It occurs to me that there's no cool. There's there's no way to look cool when someone pulls a gun on you. <laughs> and imagine if I got my fucking head blown off. What that clip would have been like. It would have been the craziest fucking thing that might have ever happened on the internet of like seeing a fucking influencer get their head shot off on like on live stream like that almost happened. And also the other part of why it was so crazy is because by the time the guy is near me, the guy who was doing security for us has his gun out and basically has it pointed at the guy's head. Now, why he didn't pull the trigger, very controversial, but whatever. He had the gun pointed at him. So I'm kind of like feeling like I'm about to get murdered and then also feeling like I'm about to see this guy get murdered so there was so much going through my head and then right. somehow it ended up with him just getting stomped out and yeah did, the, did that go to court or anything or that just got handled on the side so yeah the cops ended up coming they fucking scrape him up off the ground and take him away and at one point you know I get contacted where they're like we want you to come to court and I'm thinking about it and I'm like I had just been talking to Logan Paul who I don't know why I've said his name three times in the last like five <laughs> minutes, but I was talking to him and he told me about the situation. He's like, my advice, press charges because he had like one dude like pull up to his crib like 10 times or some shit. Like, he, like when I went to Logan Paul's house, he had fucking security outside. Like he's not fucking around at all because he's had crazy fans show up so many times. He told me, he's like, when it comes down to it, press charges because otherwise this motherfucker is going to keep coming back. So I'm like, all right, that makes sense. So then when they tell me to go to court, I'm like, I'm not going to blow this off. I'm actually going to go. I had to wake up at like 5.30 in the morning so I could be downtown at like 7.30 or whatever. And then I'm sitting in the courtroom. I see the fucking kid. He's like sitting a few rows in front of me with his dad. His dad is giving me a dirty look as if I did something to him. <laughs> and then whatever like we're sitting there eventually the fucking court appointed lawyer or whoever the fuck it was comes over and just basically tells me like hey this is this is postponed so you don't have to do anything i'm like oh and they're like and, and, we're, and we're not going to call you back like we don't need your help anymore i'm like why this is the dumbest thing ever i should have just fucking ignored this like a 
would have done. Dude, it's crazy. Did, so did he get in trouble? Is it I, still don't, I don't even know. Attempted murder? Is that the charge? But it was a fake gun. Oh, shit. That was the crazy um, part, yeah. Like when someone someone mentioned that to me, and you know, they said that this viral video of someone pulling a gun on Adam Twenty Two, and that they described it as it being like super beneficial to you, like that being the point at which he really blew up. Uh, I mean, honestly, that was a couple years after like the SoundCloud rapper wave, which is when I first really blew up. Is like I interviewed uh, XXX Tentacion and yeah, Lil, yeah, I saw that. Lil Peep and all these people who just became fucking gigantic. Like around that time, that was when like things really started going crazy. This was a couple of years later, and uh, again, like it was kind of convenient because the business and everything was slowing down a little bit around that time. It wasn't necessarily as huge as it was like maybe a year before, and it did like bring a ton of attention. But also, it was like you get a lot of attention like that month and then like right. the next month you're like back to normal like that kind of shit right. when you go super viral for something how many of those people are going to actually be like tuned in to watch your shit every week like it, it, mm -hmm. best case scenario you have that kind of thing happen to you and you can maintain and like capture right. a bunch of that audience but that's why when people were like thinking it was fake I'm like you really think that I would fake that and risk my reputation of being and be known as a liar forever for what? Right. For like maybe five or ten grand extra on YouTube ads that month? Like that right. doesn't make any fucking sense. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've always felt super strongly about not faking shit. And yeah. you just read like that's from what I saw. Just that that like you said three seconds, and I saw it like I was just repeating that three seconds. That read very real, dude. Yeah, it you're not real. you're not faking it like that. You know, I mean, why would somebody? I even respect the shit out of it that you've got that footage of like, yeah, this is how that that, that it's so real. I almost finished because like, okay, that what we were doing is like when there was the YouTube ad apocalypse in 2018. I don't yep. know if you were here really, but we. I uh, mean, dude, I was already like <laughs> like not ad friendly, right? So. But we like. I, I remember right when that happened, I was making maybe like 50 grand a month off YouTube, just putting out so much shit. And all of a sudden it became five grand a month. And that's when I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I got to actually figure out all these other revenue streams that I haven't really like touched on yet. Like, we got to start being more serious about merch and we got to be more serious about like I, I, had, I had heard about people streaming and I was like, well, maybe I can just stream. And so I start streaming and then people start being like, yo, here's 10 bucks. Listen to my song. And I'm like, all right, well, you gave me 10 bucks. I got to listen to a song. That, like, spiraled out of control to the point where I was like, all right, I got to charge more. I started charging, like, 50 or 75 to 100 bucks, like, to listen to their song. And it just kept coming in. And all of a sudden, I was making, like, almost 100 grand a month off just listening to people's music on live stream, like, 100 bucks at a time, which that is a 1,000 songs a month, which sounds fucking kind of depressing to listen to that many fucking random SoundCloud rap songs. But that was what saved me when the apocalypse happened. And that's exactly what I was doing when the guy came in with the gun, is I was sitting in the back of the store with a couple people smoking blunts and watching fucking uh, people's music. Fuck, dude. Damn. So that, dude, the yeah. music game is crazy. I just met up with a guy that signed a record deal, and he was like, dude, every time my song gets played on the radio anywhere around the world, I make 40 bucks. 40? That's what he said. That doesn't what? sound right. I don't know if he's full of it, shit, it but it's what he told more, me. It sounds like more like every, maybe 
every time a radio station plays it, they've like now acquired the the song in their library. Maybe for every radio station that that takes on I don't know. the song, I never but that's heard not anything like play. that. But that, I never heard anything like that. But maybe I don't know. Yeah. Now on your Instagram uh, bio, it says you're a rapper. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: Did you were you ever familiar with my attempt at at becoming a rapper? Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, what year are we talking? Two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, okay. A lot of people had was fire, dude. A lot of people tried to become a rapper at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, you know. Now I'm now I'm going after a little bit of rap redemption. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're gonna do it again? Yeah, I'm gonna like I, I want I want to like make some funny rap songs. I mean, your vo- your vocal texture I would describe as gravelly. Yeah, and I think that that's something that rap rewards from time to time is that right. you'll have somebody like DMX coming, and it's just right. people like that, you know. People want to listen to a cement grinder. Yeah, a man <laughs> whose lungs are made of cement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do so you have right. a Do you have a top five favorite rapper? Um, I mean, I have like a pretty boring top five rappers of all time list that's pretty close to like everybody else's, where like. The only differences might be that, like, you know, I, like, I love Cameron. He was huge for me. I love 50 Cent. I kind of feel like my yeah, top dude. five is, like, lacking, if I'm not honest about those two. And uh, I feel like Tupac and, and Nas and Jay-Z, like, people always, like, I love Biggie. I feel like he gets kind of bumped out of my top five at a certain point. But, yeah, it's not, it's not that interesting when you really, t- like, I don't know why, but it's like, there hasn't been that many rappers that you could really put in that upper echelon, I think, in the last 10 or 20 years, besides maybe like a Kendrick Lamar or a J. Cole, but they're, they're not like my favorite rappers, even though I respect the shit out of them. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Have you had 50 on No Jumper? No, I would love to. That would be amazing. I, know, dude. Yeah, I don't think he fucks with white people. All right. Or at least not me. I'm not this specific white person. <laughs> did you ever see when he threw me down the stairs in the bellhop cart? I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> reminded me of, like, I was just watching him with Bryce Hall uh, doing a TikTok in Bryce Hall's backyard, and they're kind of, like, dancing around together. And I'm like, every once in a while, 50 will come out and do some content with a white guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, I wish I could talk to 50 on here, man. That would be so great. Yeah, he, he's very <laughs> sparing with his public appearances, you know? Yeah, he he's is. He's one of them. Um, so now, with uh, all the, the the feuds and the fucking beefs and the, the crazy, like you found yourself kind of parked right in the middle of, of crazy beefs. Mm, sometimes, fair to, fair to say. Yeah, been a bit of that. <clears throat> I was saying on your podcast how I was impressed by the way you kind of diffused and, and moderated the the Lil Xan beef with his manager. Right. Like. Uh, and it seems like like you weigh in, you know, pretty objectively on on like you know if you're talking about like the Island Boys or, or this and that, like you're like you're not afraid to to call it the way you see it and and maybe ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of pick and choose your battles because it's like. If I were to just be totally honest about everything, then I'd be like, that would be just so detrimental to a lot of my relationships and shit. Like, right. you know, like, or, or even just this, like, let's be real. 99% of rap music that comes out is completely a complete failure. 
Like, it doesn't sell right. well. It doesn't really gather much of a fan base. It doesn't go anywhere. And I'm even talking about music coming out of labels and, like, you know, shit that, like, has, you have a reason to think that it would be popular. And the reality is, is that, like, the rap game produces, like, a couple of stars a year. Maybe if you expand your scope, maybe, like, a dozen or a couple dozen people, like, rise to fame and rap every year. And so me having a platform... I could very easily just let the world know every rapper I don't like and just say, uh, I heard, heard this girl the other day, 19-year-old chick from Baltimore. She's doing her thing. She's trash. <laughs> you know? That that yeah. would be me being honest. But, I mean, there's a certain time where, like, being honest is not really, like, going to be good for yourself or the world. Like, I feel like I would rather do an interview with that girl who's got – uh, a little something popping off in her career and like try to support her and help her even if i don't personally love the music you know like but there's a lot of youtube channels who they kind of solely exist to be like so and so put their album out it sold seven thousand copies first week here's why they fell off and their career is over right. and they're gonna be sleeping under a bridge soon and i'm like mm -hmm. dude that shit is kind of like low-hanging fruit where it's cool that you're doing it because somebody's got to do it, but I feel like as a content creator, I want to mostly be putting good things into the world, right. right? Yeah, like how many YouTube videos do you see where the title is like, this rapper can't uh, mm -hmm. understand that his career is dying? Or <laughs> yeah, you take any person, any celebrity, and you, put a you make a video that's called The Rise and Fall of Kodak Black. It's it's a couple million views, no problem. The rise yeah. and fall of Steve O. Boom. You, doesn't matter that he kind of fell and then rose again. Like, and sometimes they'll put that in the title, right, like right, and right, rose right. again. But right. like, yeah, I mean, it's it's the easiest kind of thing to get views on is just to make a video that is like critical of somebody who's widely beloved. You yeah. Know? Or just critical of anyone. People love to just hear people shit on other people. You know. What are your <clears throat> What are your thoughts on Charlemagne the God? I interviewed him back in the day. He's definitely probably like one of the people who's shown us the heights that you can reach through being like a hip hop media personality yeah. for sure. Just seeing him do all this crazy TV stuff and everything. Like, I mean, as somebody who's been watching him for like 10 years, I definitely did not know that he had that in him. But it's it's definitely inspiration for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's an impressive cat, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like what he's doing uh, for mental health too. Mm. Like that. I, I guess he. Somebody was telling me that he just came out and said, "Dude, I I go to therapy. Like, if you have problems, go get help. Go get on SSR. Go whatever. You know, and don't keep that shit in." And he like he's all about encouraging people to like work that shit out, which I think is fucking massively important. I, I think he's a good, good at like sort of finding that line of like being honest, not like fucking blowing smoke up anyone's ass. Yeah. And like just. You know. But he had to kind of like leave a lot of the edgy shit in the past, you know, because his thing was always just saying the craziest shit to people and just making them react, you know? Wow. Like he said to fucking Post Malone, he said, what are you doing to support Black Lives Matter at the very beginning of Post Malone's career? And Post Malone, like, obviously kind of bumbled his answer a little bit. I don't think he said anything, like, super offensive, but, like, you know, he would love to do that. Like, he, he would always be making people walk out on him and shit, and it's, it has been kind of interesting to see him, like, fall back on that shit a little bit and be a little bit more of just like a a good interviewer you know well you I think mean, because the bird man fucking came in there was just like yo no i think he doesn't want to get canceled i think that Charlemagne at a certain point decided that he doesn't want to make the woke people angry and he, he sort of fell in line to a certain extent but i mean i still i still respect it you know it's like 
it's not for everybody to be edgy for the rest of your career, you know? Sure. He has Kamala Harris, who's really running the country, and she acted like she didn't hear him, and she just dipped. Yeah, and in moments <laughs> like that, you are like, okay, that's the old Charlemagne for right sure. there, giving her a hard time. Yeah. He was classic with 6 9 you know, yeah. and that wasn't being edgy. That was just being like. No, but six nine ran fucking circles around him in those interviews. That that actually was when I realized how powerful of a communicator six nine was. That I've always compared him to Donald Trump in the sense that like he just is the biggest piece of shit, but he can just control the room and everybody's attention. You know, and I've when I saw six nine like not the first interview, but the second interview that he did on Breakfast Club, which as far as I could tell is like the biggest rap interview ever because on YouTube because I went and looked. Because I was, was trying. When he to, said um, he, he only fears uh, the feds. Yes, but I, I went and looked to see if it was the biggest rapper interview of all time because I thought my XXX Tentacion interview might have the most views of any rapper interview ever on YouTube. But I think that one has a little bit more. But either way, like when you watch that interview, like Charlemagne normally controls the room in his interviews, and Six Nine is like he's just running shit in that interview and like uh, they have three hosts and they're kind of like powerless to stop the energy of like what he was bringing to that room you know and like that doesn't exist anymore i've noticed because i watched like other six nine interviews since then like since he snitched and got off on the fed case or whatever and it's it's not the same like he's just he doesn't have the same charm right. that he had before all that but i i mean but when he was, he was that, at his heights it was insane but when he was in that one interview recently where he was just like yelling like is he lacking like i don't even you know and and yeah but he the reason why he controlled the room was because he was just like loud and aggressive and like what you what do you do to that but in that recent one that you're talking about i think with uh it's it's like academics whack 100 yeah. uh usain uh hassan campbell and then him and it's like he's got some of his like brooklyn goons like his, his gang members that he's rolling around with and everyone else is talking over him. It's like he just clearly doesn't command the same like social status that he had before. So people aren't just seating the floor to him in the conversation. Mm. That whole like godly thing that he had going on is gone, which is pretty fucking crazy to me to have just watch that to observe that just sort of like dissipate over time. What's lacking mean? Lacking is like if you're outside without a gun and somebody runs up on you and robs you, then you were lacking. And then what's the stand tall guy? A stand. He was talking a stand about, up guy. He was like, you know, was Pakistan stand tall guy? He said, oh. and I'm like, what? I don't even I think, know what these means. I don't know. Probably just like, like somebody that has a gun. I would think he's saying like basically that you have a gun and if somebody runs up on you and tries to disrespect you, you're gonna shoot him that type of thing because yeah. I think they were talking about the situation with Meek Mill where <laughs> if 6ix9ine so six, like ran up on Meek Mill outside a club in Miami right and like 6ix9ine had security Meek Mill had security Meek Mill has retired cops or like off duty cops with guns and everything and 6ix9ine basically gets in his face and just yells at him and disrespects him and says a bunch of crazy shit and Meek basically was like fuck this. like he yelled back for a bit but then he was like fuck this and he walked off and avoided the situation you know which is to a lot of like gang members and stuff they use this as like evidence that meek mill's a pussy because he refused to you know do battle with six nine in the situation which to me as like a person who's more concerned with not going to prison yeah. i'm like i think meek mill did what he fucking was supposed to do i mean you got all the security around you for a reason so you don't have to entertain these fucking morons right right if mm -hmm. a guy comes up to me right now in the parking lot and says hey man i'm tougher than you boom bam boom wow whatever it's like that's why i have a fucking security guard right over there so that i don't have to listen to your dumbass opinions <laughs> crazy dude. and if you want to act tough or you want to pull a gun out then he's gonna shoot you and lol you know <laughs> <laughs>
LOL. <laughs> Dude, that's that that's insane, man. Um, that's insane. What, what what a fascinating fucking conversation, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And thank I, you so much, dude. I appreciate for, it. I was just watching you with um Bert. Yeah. Just randomly I watched that episode because I was been kinda interested in him. And you know what really got me? Is he mentioned how uh, him and uh, what's his name, Chris, uh, that he does the other podcast with, yeah, Tom Segura. Tom Segura. No, but he has another one with a uh, that he was doing with the dude Chris DeStefano, I think his uh, name okay. is. Chris DeStefano. <laughs> is that his name? Yeah. Um, and they started talking about their kids, and they started talking about like the the compromise of being on the road all the time as a com a comic and 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 missing out on so much of your kids' shit. And they start crying their eyes out in the conversation, and boom, I'm fucking crying my my eyes out. Your podcast is to the left of it. Paused. I'm watching this. <laughs> clip and i'm just fucking like getting it i'm like wow this is fucking this says a lot about podcasting that these two motherfuckers are sitting here having a conversation with their kids crying their eyes out and they got me sitting here at home like six months after it came out watching it and i'm doing the same exact thing i mean that that to me i was like this is a beautiful medium right here it is dude yeah yeah, it yeah is. It's, it's unbelievable I know when I looked you up because I, I was like man this guy I, I always see you on TikTok and I've been following you for a couple of years but then I'm like how old are you and we're the same age oh, and I right. always love seeing people the same age as me like killing it and Appreciate like you that. know I see like uh, who, like Shia LaBeouf me and him are the same age it's like you know because like we grew up in the same era it's like dude you made it sick and I'm mm -hmm. always like stoked on you when I see you because me coming from like the BMX world and like I'm sure you guys would say the same thing is that like when when you're younger and you see people around you getting successful it can be kind of like you feel like oh fuck like 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 all the BMX dudes I would see were like getting sponsored and they're on covers of magazines and shit. I'm like looking at them like they're the fucking man. And I wasn't good at bike riding like that. I just loved the community and the culture and everything. And you know, to to be able to like actually see some heights in my career like this late into it, I definitely don't take that shit for granted for sure. And I mean, I think about it all the time like even when I was listening to them cry and have that conversation about missing their kids growing up because they're on the road making six figures for a tour or whatever it's like they even said it it's like there's a lot of people who are missing their kids growing up to just what like do construction 80 hours mm -hmm. a week just to just to right. make sure that their kid has a little bit better opportunity Fuck, than they have I mean that's some real shit right there you know so heavy, dude. <laughs> yeah and so like you are going to be a part of your kid's life because all you got to do is go in the studio and bang a couple chicks. I know, right? <laughs> and then the only hard part is that I got to explain that to my kid one day. <laughs> dude, thank you so much, No, man. no doubt, dude, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so much. meeting you, dude, for sure. You guys are awesome. Uh, congrats on all, all the success on YouTube and with podcasts and yeah. everything. Yeah, Likewise. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Cool, man. Sorry, I got so fucking hot in here, man. Um, dude, I want. And hey, dude, like, dude, dude, do you want to cut anything? Nah, that? Nah, that was great. Was cool. Yeah, yeah All right, super sweet, cool. man. Yeah, appreciate that. you guys. Ah, my beloved street team. I'm so excited that I'm doing this as a collab with my man Adam Twenty Two. Check out the podcast I did with him. Right. Yeah, here. <laughs> Yeah, dude, how have I never done an end screen? Dude, I love you guys. Thank you for sticking around. Do you think I got like three more seconds? Fucking, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs>